Welcome to Momentum Church. Well, it is good. Thanks, band. Man, if you guys are at home, you can thank the band right there at the house. Yeah. Great job, guys. Great job. Great job. Yeah, well, this morning, um, I believe we've all got to a place with COVID-19 that we have got to that place where every one of us, we know somebody that is affected by this. Um, Either we're being affected by it personally, maybe someone in your family, somebody you know. Um, We know people who have succumbed to this. There's a few of us that know people have lost their lives already. But truth of the matter is every single person watching this today, everyone has faced this in some way. It has affected our lives in some way. And so today I'm going to get into the Word and bring some peace. Um, I just, as I prayed this week about what to share today... Um, I I wrestled with it, you know. Um, We were going into the fifth week, the final week of our Ebb and Flow series, and and it just wasn't wasn't clicking in my heart what I wanted to share. And so I've kind of shifted a little bit. But before we do it, let me just mean that we can just bring peace into your hearts, into your homes today. But before we do it, let me just talk a little bit about what's going on. Because like I said, everybody's being affected and we want to try to make a difference as we go through. And, um, and it may just be as, as small as your kids being affected. You know, yesterday, Maverick, he was crying. He's a very social guy. And so the little guy was weeping and, and Amy was wanting to know what was wrong. And he's like, I just miss my friends, you know, because he's social. I don't know where he gets that from, you know, and, um, but he's so social. And so Amy's like, okay, baby, we're going to figure something out. We're going to put you in the car, and I think this week we're going to do some drive-by say hey's. I'm not sure if that's what she called them, but drive-by say hey's. Just pull up in the driveway, hi friends, you know, and, and drive away and such. And whatever it is, we're all figuring out ways to work through what we're going through and, um, and creative ways to flatten the curve, if you will. Um, this week, I had my journey group in a park, and we sat six feet or more apart from each other in a big circle in a park. We're trying to figure out ways to flatten the curve. Um, Last week, most of us felt like we were in an endless loop of Brady Bunch intros with all the Zoom calls. I don't know about you guys. I was on Zoom calls with staff. I was on Zoom calls with with EAT. I was on Zoom calls with um, um, our our Georgia Assemblies of God pastors, um, with our local pastors, which was really incredible, a really neat gathering of our local pastors on a Zoom call. Just, okay, guys, what do we need to do to effectively minister to the community better through this, you know? Um, Last Sunday night was our first virtual foyer, church foyer, and it went great. We're going to do that again tonight. So 8 p.m. tonight, we're going to do that again. So if you want to jump on the virtual church foyer, the information will be on our Momentum Church page. You can come in and just say hey and hang out with all of us tonight from about 8 to 8.30. Um, You know, just all sorts of things that we've been doing to try to flatten the curve. And, And with that, we were saying last week or the last few weeks, we want to every single week of this series or of this season, I don't know how long this is going to go, but we want to do something as a church to make a difference in other people's lives. And so everything from feeding the kids in Cherokee County to, you know, last week, it was neat. We were able to provide the video equipment necessary for Connection Church to be able to do their service today um, online. And so praise the Lord, you guys have been so faithful in doing that. And so this week, we want to do something um, along the lines of, of our, our region and to help our region. And, and I, I want you to know what we've been doing. We've been saying this, a dollar for every online viewer. So if you're listening right now and you're online, you know, we're giving a dollar for every online viewer. 
two different projects each week. And so if you do want to help with that and throw a dollar into the mix, you know what? Feel free to. People have been doing it every week. So you can check out the link. It's been amazing. And so you can do that. We'll put a link in the comments below so you can check out the link and that'll take you over to PushPay where you can go to missions and give in the missions category. And those things are coming in today in missions we're going to use to help here in our region. And so what are we going to do this week? This week, Pastor Stephanie has been speaking with people up at North side. We've been looking for different people that are on the front lines, those first responders. And how many know our healthcare workers now have become, in a sense, first responders, many of them. I mean, they're in the hospital, and it may not seem like first response, but the level of stress many of them are under is that kind of level. And so we want to be able to minister effectively to those on those front lines this week. And so Wednesday night, I got a call from a nurse in our church who works at at St. Joe's Hospital. And she just wanted me to know, she said, Pastor Ross, I just need prayer. She goes, I have never, as many years I've been in that hospital, seen the the, the working staff just stressed like they're stressed. They're doing a great job of it, but they are they are working so hard. Every bed's full, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, um, it's just one of those things to where they are on that edge. And so she asked me. She called. She says, "Is there anything we can do as a church just to help?" You know, and that was really neat because Pastor Steph and I had been talking about this on Monday. So a couple days later, this lady's calling, wanting to know, "Is there anything we can do to help those people?" Just you know, I, one of the the pastors I was talking to um, on the on the um, um, Zoom call a few days ago, that pastor he was saying or she rather, it was a female pastor, she was saying how the, the workers in their county, their south part of Atlanta, the workers in their county in the hospitals are so stressed. Part of that stress is fear. Uh, are they going to carry something back to their home? And, and you, may th- you may not you know, get that if you're not around that, but man, that's a, that, that weighs on you guys, you know? And so that church had just done different things to help, you know, um, just bring a little bit of joy, a little bit of hope to those workers. And we're going to talk about that here in a second. Um, and then just this morning, I get a text message from a nurse at Kennestone that goes to our church. And I just thought it was so appropriate. Like all this stuff this week, from Monday when Pastor Stephanie and I said our outreach focus this week needs to be on healthcare workers and first responders and what can we do to help just love on them. The next day, all these things just start to come, come to be. So I just feel like it's a, a God thing. But this morning, Pastor Ross, we're looking for ways to provide encouragement. Here's another thing. Listen, to our COVID patients at Kennestone, on any given day, we have had between 125 to 175 patients hospitalized due to COVID. These patients are extremely isolated. Even our nursing staff have limited contact with them to help prevent spread. And so it was suggested that we ask the community to fill their rooms with cards and words of encouragement. Do you know of anyone that could assist me with this task? No, I don't. Yes, I know of someone that can assist in this task. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Momentum Church, we can flatten the curve. We can make a difference even in these patients' lives. So, so this week, we're going to take the finances. We're going to do everything we can to, to minister to, to healthcare workers, to these people that are in the hospital and so on. And so what does that look like? It looks like us providing. We asked, what do you guys need? They need individually wrapped um, food items and things like that that they can eat on the go, keep on moving, you know. They need lotion, their hands. The one nurse said, you can't know how our hands are getting just from all the cleaning and that they have to do and everything. Um, and so on, so on. 
So individual things that they can have, um, cards that we can express our prayers for them. Obviously, these are patients that, that aren't meeting with family. Those are cards that we can buy and do. And so this week, just keep your ears open on all that we're going to do. But financially, if you want to bless us to be able to bless them, we're not asking a lot. You know, like, and if you don't, that's fine too, okay? I, we, this is neat. This little dollar thing. Do you realize that we have not had an issue with the finances to do the missions work we've done the last couple of weeks? Give God some praise. Amen. I think that we're resonating with this need, and just a little bit from each of us makes such a big, big difference in these people's lives. And so the link, again, will be in the comments. Go to there, push pay, and hit on missions, and you can give if you desire to give. Again, if, if not, man, God's providing, and we're going to be able to take care of these people this week. Um, one other thing when it comes to first responders, I was talking to someone in the fire department, a leader, and he said that... That there was a couple of the, 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 the firemen that were quarantined, you know, just were showing signs, but because of that, they had to be quarantined, and they had the ability to go to a camper or go to a basement of their home, and they were able to do that, but he was saying to me, if it gets to where there's more, you know, we may need some homes to help quarantine guys. And that's not something we're hoping for the, for the fire department by no means, but I'm saying it now as part of this kind of push this week to watch out to our, for our first responders. So if you have an empty house right now that, that is in transition, it's not selling, whatever it might be, you know, let us know if that's something that could be used for 14 days if someone comes up and they need quarantine and, and in, the, in the first responder community, all right? And, I, and we are including in this season those, those nurses and, and doctors at, and workers at the hospitals as well. So just that's, that's about it. I just want to bring that to, to mind. There's an old political idiom that says, don't waste a good crisis. You've heard that before, right? Can I tell you right now, the church was designed and made for this. Amen? And, and I don't want us to waste. I, it raises a standard up against the enemy. And so right now, it's, it's, it's the enemy of a plague, of a disease, you know. But God can raise that standard. His name can be lifted high and be seen. His glory can be seen through his church in people's lives. And so we're not going to waste this opportunity to be able to do good in the lives of others. And guess what? Today, I want to teach on this. We're also not going to wait this opportunity, this opportunity to get our eyes on Jesus. Amen? And so the title of my sermon today is, Our Eyes Are On You. Our eyes are on you. There's so many things right now that can get frustrating, that we can get tense over, that we can get our eyes off of Jesus, but that's where it starts. We, we can't parent well in this season if our eyes aren't on Jesus. We can't be a husband well or a friend well or a wife well if our eyes aren't on Jesus. If you're in the working community as far as the healthcare community, you're not going to be able to make it if your eyes aren't on Jesus. It's so important. And, and here's the thing. Jesus has promises for us in Scripture. One of my favorite promises when it comes to us about our health is 3 John 2 through 4. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. There, there's a man, God wants you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. Just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. That, that, that Paul had written these scriptures, or, or John had written these scriptures to those that were following after him and, 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 and his ways, the ones that he had taught. And man, it brought him no greater joy than to see that they were continuing to watch out for their souls. Because that's his desire, the desire of the Lord, that we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers, all right? 
And so I want to talk about that just a little bit. Your soul. What is that? What is your soul? It's your mind. It's your will. And it's your emotions. That's what your soul is, all right? Not, not the spirit. Your spirit is that God-breathed part of you, that, that spark within you that is the Lord's, that he breathes into us. That's your spirit. Your, your flesh, you know what your flesh is, okay? But your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And to me, your soul is a filter. It's a, it's a filter. It is something that you can take thought, take captive your thoughts, and you can feed your spirit man or you can feed your flesh man. You've all been there before. How many's ever allowed yourself to get sick over worry? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, every one of us, we've done that before. I mean, like, we can think about something so much, the filter of the mind, that it will cause symptoms in our body, right? So, so that idea that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers, God is saying there's a filter that you have to take control of that will lead to your prosperity, now, that prosperity, I'm not just saying finances, health, both emotional, relational, all those things that right now are being strained because of all of our change in schedules and our lives, you know, but there is a filter, shout filter. filter, and that is your soul, that is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and the thing with it, listen to this, when it comes to your mind, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So that mind can be something that is sound or not sound. Does that make sense? It's a filter. It's something that we process things through. And so God hasn't given us fear, but he's given us love, and he's given us a sound mind. So it is with that mind that you have that you make decisions. It is with the mind that you have that you choose to sow seed. Last week, we preached on the power of a seed, that small thing that you take control of. I hope this week you found opportunity after opportunity to plant those small seeds. Do you know why you made choices to plant small seeds? Whatever it might have been, that, that positive action, that positive word, whatever it might have been, that thing that lines up to the spirit, not the flesh. You know, you know what you use to plant that seed? Your mind. It started in your mind and you spoke it out of your mouth and as you did it, the seed was planted. Amen. So the mind is important. The problem is the enemy of our heart would love to cloud the understanding of our mind. The scripture even says it this way. The double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Do you see that? How important the mind is? This sound mind that's not unstable, that's not double-minded. It is a singularity of thought. God wants our thinking to line up with his word, not the word of the news. Now, I'm not saying that we hide from the news. I love the news. I mean, there's things, I, I watch the news every morning, you know. I want to understand what's going on. I believe half of it, but I want to know what's going on, you know. I do. But I want my mind the rest of the day to just be on the news. I want my mind to be on the word and what the Lord is saying and what the Lord is desiring from me. Here's the thing that happens with the double-minded man. They become unhealthy because on one side, fear starts to take over. Or whatever it might be, whatever that emotion that's outside of God's best in that moment. And so unhealthy fear is rooted in confusion over what God is saying about your situation and what you are currently experiencing. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. I want you to hear that. Unhealthy fear is rooted in confusion over what God is saying about your situation and what you're actually experiencing. I'm going to kill these children. That's not what God is saying about your children. Oh, new homeschool parent, okay? God is saying those children are a blessing. They're a gift this week. Am I alone in that? 
No, no, I think every one of us, you know, there's things that we're not used to. But that, that fear, it's rooted in that confusion. I want to hold on to perfect peace. Watch what it says about this mind in Isaiah 26, verse 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Who, who gets to stay in perfect peace? The one whose mind is stayed on Jesus. The one who's trusting in the Lord through all of this. But pastor, you don't realize I have lost my job. I'm unemployed right now. I mean, when you look at the unemployment records of the, of, of the, of the, of the United States in the history of our country, it is a graph that goes like this. I mean, I, I, never unprecedented unemployment records right now, right? So pastor, you don't understand. My peace is gone. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I, I get that completely, but you're not alone. You're not alone. We're here for you. We're here with you. You know what? We're going to go through this together. Amen? You can have peace in knowing. You can have your mind stayed on him, and you can trust in him because Jesus isn't going to let you down through this. I know. I, I've been through the re Great Recession, not the Great Depression. I'm not that old. But the Great Recession, man, Amy and I went through it, and I mean, and it about ran over us, and we're here today to say we made it, just like many of you, but our minds had to be upon Jesus through the whole thing. And they weren't at first. I'll be honest. I was mad. I was angry. God, I don't understand why you're allowing us to go through this. I've done nothing but serve you, Lord. You ever talk like that before? I've done nothing but serve you, Lord, and look what's going on. But you know what? That instability came because I had a double mind. And I had to start looking at what God was saying. And Amy helped me to do that. Man, thank you, wives, for being prophetic voices in our lives sometimes. Amen? Every woman in your house. Gives, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God for pastor saying that, right? So, no, it's true, though. Man, Amy helped me at times to find that stability. And it wasn't because she spoke great counsel to me. It's because she pointed to the word. She reminded me what God said. She was always taking me back to the word. All right. So when we begin to lose our peace, we often experience one or more of these reactions. The first reaction that we experience when we lose our peace, that instability that comes, is anger. We start to be angry. You know, and some of you have exhibited anger in the last week or two, you know. This is not exactly how I thought my spring was going to go. Young people, you had plans for graduation. I understand that you're angry. I get that totally, you know. So anger, things start to take our peace and we can get angry. Number two, we can get confused. There's confusion that comes. You know, Amy and I, we faced a little bit of that this week. How, how are we going to do this with homeschool and work and going to the church? And you go for a few hours and then come back and you take care of the kids. And I'm going to go to the church for a few hours. And, and then confusion just on a lot of stuff. Are you ever going to put the phone down, Ross? I get that, you know, because there's just so much stuff going on right now with, with people, you know. And, and, and then Amy, you know, just, just um, you know, just, just both of us feeling that tension and that confusion, trying to figure things out. And, and, and we probably don't have it as bad as some, you know. I don't want to lighten this. There's some people going through some serious stuff right now, and confusion is running high. Amen? And so I just want you to understand, though, that is that response to the lack of peace. Another one can be despair. And we may be a little bit soon on the despair side, but they say 3% of all restaurants have closed already and will never open up again. Out of the restaurants that have closed, will never open up again. If this thing goes another month, I think I was the article I read said 11% of restaurants that have closed will never open again, you know. And, and that's just one industry. There's many industries being affected by this. And so despair may not be there yet, but despair is going to hit many of us, okay? Despair is coming. Just know, though, that is that opposite reaction to peace. And peace isn't something you can fake. I get that. 
But like I said in that scripture, we keep, he keeps us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts, because I trust God. And that's what I want to encourage us is to, be allow, to allow ourselves to let our minds stay upon him. So if that's the case, if it's a natural thing for me to fall into anger, a natural thing for me to fall into confusion, a natural thing for me to fall into despair, if that's the natural thing, what is the solution for me to handle the problems that we are facing in life? What is that solution? You know, what, what's, when something seems out of my control or when something seems out of your control, I mean, this seems out of our control in a lot of ways. What can we do? And so I want you to open your Bibles to 2 Chronicles, verse 20. 2 Chronicles, verse 20. And I want to look down here first in the first four verses. First, we got to look at the issue. we got to look at the problem and, and not, not be afraid of the problem. Looking at a problem does not mean that you don't have faith in God. Do you know that? Getting angry and feeling despair and feeling um, confusion, that doesn't mean that you don't have faith in God. That, that's the stuff that is fighting within you to try to bring an instability, to cause you to have a double-mindedness. So we go to the, the problem first. We look at the problem. We recognize this issue and why it's causing stress. There's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean you're a person, not a person of faith. I think sometimes people think if you don't go through life with rose-colored glasses, if you don't go through life just completely joyful constantly, you don't have faith. No. In the midst of the problem, you recognize it and you start to apply his word to it. We're going to see that here in a second. But here's the thing. The problem in 2 Chronicles verse 20. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites and with them, some of the Mennonites, multitude is Koshaphat for a battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazan Tamar, that is in Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord. Do you see that? There was fear. He was afraid. That's an emotion. I used anger. I used the emotion of confusion, despair. Fear can be a part of that despair. He was afraid, but then what did he do? He set his face before the Lord. So that, that's how that looks, right? And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah, and Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So in the middle of all these emotions, yeah, he began to do something spiritual with it. His mind made a choice that he's going to feed who he is in his spirit, not who he is in his flesh. He's not going to feed and rise up with more fear. He's going to feed the things of God in his life, and he's going to look to, to the Lord. Now, the next few verses, you can read them on your own. He begins to remind the Lord who God was. It was basically like, God, you brought us through all this stuff. Have you brought us through all this stuff for us to face this now and be defeated? That's his natural expression. Please, as your pastor, no, I'm not telling you to push all that down, all right? As your pastor, if you need to talk through things, talk through things. Talk with your spouse, talk with a friend, talk with your pastors, talk with your journey group leader. Do not hold all those things in. They didn't, and God brought forth a great miracle. But they were, they were very, very cognizant of the fear that they were facing, the frustration they were facing, the confusion they were having, the anger, the despair. All those things were in play as they're looking at God going, God, I don't understand. Why are all these people coming against us now? Second Chronicles 20, 12 says, Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? Watch this. For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. This thing that we can't fix quickly, 
And I think that's something about us as Americans and maybe just people all around the world. You know, we, we, we want to fix things quick with the strength of our hand. You know, I'll just fix this. We can't fix this quickly with the strength of our hand, okay? But it says, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Do you see that? We don't know what to do. The realization in the middle of the problem was this. God, I can't handle this. That's what they're saying right here. We don't know what to do. God, I can't handle this. The tension I'm feeling at home, maybe the tension you're feeling with your finances, maybe the tension you're feeling because your job literally has closed permanently. I don't know what it might be. The fear that you may feel if you're a healthcare worker, and you're like, I can't handle this. That's exactly what they were saying in this passage. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You see that? Why? Because that peace comes when our eyes are on him. And, and I can remember years ago, I wasn't sleeping. I didn't sleep for a long time, just struggling with sleep, you know, especially as we were building the church. And we were physically building this church, not this facility, but our other facility. And I'm in there on a Saturday morning by myself, and I had not slept. I mean, it was, I was really fried and tons of anger, tons of despair, you know, just feeling almost like I'm being rejected by God. And I'm there, and I'm moving some concrete that we had cut out of a channel, these big, thick pieces of concrete. And I ended up just sitting on the ground, and I was just teary, and I'm just like, Lord, I don't get this. And I felt like I heard from the Lord, you have slept your last sleepless night. It was just a word as clear as a bell. You have slept your last sleepless night. And that night, I went home, laid my head on the, the pillow, and perfect peace came. It was amazing. And that's just something I've been able to be blessed with ever since then. And didn't have that. My whole first from, from the 1992 starting the ministry all the way up till that was about 2010 when that happened. I would get stressed. I would stay awake. And I would just be a mess. But the Lord brought a supernatural rest to me that night. And, and the truth of the matter is it wasn't something I could do on my own. You know, but I got my eyes on the Lord that day. He began to speak to me, and he gave me a promise. That word was powerful. So that's the second thing. The first thing is to recognize the, prom the problem. Don't be afraid of the problem. Recognize the problem, all right? The second thing is to go to the word or to listen for a word from the Lord. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 13 through 17, it says, Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. They had gathered everybody out to hear this. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benai, the son of Jael, the son of Mathaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. Now watch this. This word comes. And he, and he said, listen all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you. So here in the middle of the problem, get ready for a word from the Lord. It's the word from God that keeps our minds stayed. Not the word that everybody in the news is saying. Not the word that, that is going on in my own heart that is pulling me off. That's causing anger. That's causing despair. That's causing confusion. That's causing fear. It's the word of the Lord that I allow my mind to filter into my life. That I, I take control. I'm not going to go off a spirit of fear. I'm going to move in the in power, love, and that sound mind using the word of God. So it says, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeril. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, 
and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. I love it. That word that comes from the Lord. Verse 15, let me just go back a little. Listen, he says. There's a voice every moment that is trying to get you to listen. And we can say it's the voice of the enemy, and I do think at times it is. I do think at times it could be straight up demonic, okay? I'm just being honest. Times it's just the voice of our own weaknesses and the voice of our own fear and the voice of our own, you know, um, 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 insecurities. And we can begin to listen to that voice to the point, remember the mind's a filter, to the point where it starts to affect us physically. Amen? It starts to affect our families physically, emotionally, relationally. Amen? And so who's responsible for this? The word of God is true. Amen? The word of God is, is powerful. It's for us. It doesn't return void, Scripture says. When it goes out, it goes out and accomplished for which it's been sent. The word of God is something. But we have a choice to take the word, like I taught last week about the seed, and to plant that. To take captive those thoughts and to speak what the word of God is saying. Amen? And so here he's just saying, listen. Listen. And what was he asking them to listen the Lord was saying, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle's not yours, but it's God's. And truth of the matter is, this COVID-19 thing, I think in some ways, it's one of those deals where what the enemy is meant for evil, God's turning for good, amen? Because it's allowing us to be able to listen to what really matters in the midst of this, amen? Amen? And, and, and that's where our hearts and eyes and minds should be. We should be looking to God. So God is trying in verse 15, in the midst of all this, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed. That sounds like pain, doesn't it? That sounds like confusion and struggle. Yeah, it does. But in the midst of all that, God is saying, don't be dismayed. The battle's not yours, it's mine. So in other words, God is trying to speak to you through the pain. So everything you're going through. This week, God spoke to me through the pain and reminded me that at times I let my children be a nuisance to me. Just being honest. Those little ones aren't nuisances. Those little ones are gifts of God. But there was a little bit this week where I'm like, ah. Oh. And the Lord spoke through that pain and let me realize, man, your priorities got off today. There's nothing more important than little ones right now. Your priorities have gotten off. He spoke to me in the midst of that, all right? So just like I said earlier, politicians will say, don't let a crisis go to waste. Man, I'm telling you right now, don't let pain go to waste. Don't waste your pain. What is God trying to say to me through this? Did, 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 did my, were my eyes too much on all the sports figures I can't watch now? Were my eyes too much on all the things I can buy and experience with my money that I may not have now? Were my eyes, like, like, allow God through all this to speak to our, 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 this pain to speak to us and to help us to rise up out of this better believers in him, to rise up out of this more focused on what's important, both in ho at home and, and in the church. So don't waste your pain. What are you trying to say? Right now, everything is trying to pull you off of focus of what's important and allow God to use this to be able to pull you into focus right toward exactly where your eyes and your attention should be. And it starts with our eyes need to be on Jesus. I'm going to conclude with this. 
our eyes, everything I think comes out of worship. That was something uh, in the last two years the Lord has shown me. I've taught it to my staff. I've taught it to the board. I think I may have even taught it to the church. But when you go through hard times, two things. Focus on, 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 on worship and work. In other words, get your eyes on Jesus, and what are you going to do for Jesus? Get your eyes on Jesus, and what are you allow God to, to use you to do in your family's life, in your community's life? Basically, you go through hard times, get your eyes on Jesus. That's the worship part. Amen? We've already been saying that we're flattening the curve in so many areas, trying to help people through this hardship. So that's the work side. But our eyes, it starts with worship. Our eyes are on him. Watch this. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 18 through 23. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Now, we're reading this in hindsight. So we know the battle was won, all right? Because we're reading it in hindsight. But they didn't know that. All they know is the horde is coming. All they know is there's fear and they're dismayed. But they're listening to the word of the Lord. And if the Lord said that, that this battle will be won, then God, we're just going to lean into that and know, thus saith the Lord God. And, the, and so they fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the Kohathites and the Korites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning, and they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Let me pause. What does it take to believe? takes your mind belief is something it's a decision you're making it's a mental decision i'm not saying that your spirit's not involved i'm not saying your body's not involved i'm just saying when it comes down to it your mind you have to make a choice will through this and act out of his strength through this or not believe in the lord your god and you will be established believe his prophets and you will succeed and i'm telling you right now as a prophet of god and i'm not saying that like i'm elevating myself i'm just i'm the voice today of the lord in your living room okay and so as a prophet of god believe and you will succeed hear these words get your eyes on jesus allow your mind to be able to take his word and hold fast to his word speak his word in the middle of everything you're going through, plant those seeds. Make the decision with your mind to plant those seeds when you know what you need to do during this season. Man, those little things are so important. It says when you do that, you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army. And they were to say this, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Isn't that crazy? In the middle of, I mean, like, hordes are coming against them. They're about to be, they think, defeated. This is as scary as all get out. In, in the middle of it, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. We don't have any assurance of anything, but we know we can give thanks to God because his steadfast love endures forever. Facing one of the craziest times in our lives that we've ever had, but he is still God, and our eyes are on him. And because of that, his steadfast love endures forever. I'm holding fast to that. I'm going to hold fast. I'm going to be a worshiper through this. You've heard me tell that story, I believe, before. When I went deaf, I was so frustrated going deaf. And I was having dinner with a pastor friend of mine whose daughter has um, developmental issues. And when she was about 10 or 12, I was having dinner with this boy, this man, this pastor friend. And he started talking about his daughter and how she loves to worship. And she'll put worship music on. And she'll, I love you. I love you, Jesus. 
uh, she'll say, I love you, Lord, the best of her ability, and she'll weep before the presence of God, and she'll just get into the throne room. <laughs> and as he's telling me this, I'm thinking, what a light affliction, affliction I have. And I was allowing that to cause me in my mind to make a decision to operate not out of love. I was getting to be angry with God. I wasn't operating out of love. I wasn't operating out of power. I had started to get weak in my prayer life. I'll just be honest. God, you're not healing me. How can I pray for somebody else for healing if you're not healing me? I was getting weak in my prayer life. I was getting weak in my, my power, my love. I was getting weak because I wasn't moving with that sound mind. And man, that luncheon changed my life because I left there going, oh Lord, my God, your steadfast love endures forever. If that little one could lift up a praise to you, how in the world, after being a minister all these years, I have become so focused on what I want and not understanding that you had a greater plan. And man, that day changed me forever. And from that moment on, I was able to take my mind and make that mental decision. I'm going to apply my thoughts toward worship. Amen? And so I don't know what you're going through right now with all of this. But man, I, no matter what you're going through, let's worship the Lord through it. Let's get our eyes on Him, our eyes on Jesus through the midst of this. And verse 22 through 23 shows us the promise. And when they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. Watch and see the salvation of the Lord. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, so next thing you know, these groups that had gathered to fight against them, they started fighting up against themselves. And they devoted themselves to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. Can I tell you right now, this whole thing is going to fall upon the weight of itself. We're going to get all this figured out. Amen? COVID will be defeated. Amen? But... What we do with this during this season will last for years and years and years and years. It will. And so I want us to be people who our eyes are on Jesus and our eyes are on his word. And we're taking control of our thoughts so that his peace can reign in our hearts because we trust him. Amen. And in doing so, our families are going to come out of this better. Our church is going to come out of this better. Our communities are going to come out of this better. Our country will come through this better for it. Amen? There will be things that will never be the same. But I believe what the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn for good. Give God some praise. Amen? So I told you at the beginning that we're going to put our eyes on you, Lord. We're going to put our eyes on the Lord. And I told you at the beginning that there are a lot of things that are out of our control right now. And I just want to say as a declaration today, a declaration that there might be out of our control, but this scripture shows us, this word shows us that they're never out of God's control. Amen? So let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you bless my friends, Lord, that have watched this today, that are with us today, hearing your word, hearing your truths. Lord, would you bless them in their homes, keep them safe. Let the Lord protect them, Lord God, I pray. Give them wisdom and understanding and, and, and the, the affairs that they have right now. Maybe the financial stresses that they're having right now. Give them wisdom and understanding. Give them provision, I pray. Father, what the enemy would try to do with this, to cause us to begin to think things that would distance us in relationships, that would cause us to have infighting or whatever it might be in our homes. Lord, would you just allow us to take control and captive of those thoughts every day? 
and that we would, Lord God, take those things, the word that you would say, and we would act on those things. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And in doing so, Lord God, we know without a shadow of a doubt that, Lord, when all this is said and done, it's in your control. And we know without a shadow of a doubt when all this is said and done, God, that um, you will bring forth greater things through this than the enemy meant to destroy because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.